0: Welcome to Talking Sense, the podcast where we discuss all things detection dogs. Broadcasting from Sense City, Las Vegas, and the Silver State Canine Training Center, your host,
1: Cameron Ford. Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Canines Talking Sense. I just wanted to say I hope everybody's doing good now that we've entered fall. This episode actually was recorded back in the summertime, uh, back at the HITS Conference in Chicago in August. On this podcast, I interview Andy Wyman, who is one of the founders of the HITS Canine Conference. Andy has also been in canine for 30 years at the Broward County Sheriff's Office. Andy has a vast experience in detection dogs and is one of the ones I would call a subject matter expert In relation to legal aspects with detection dogs. So, without any further ado, I'm just going to kick this over to the interview. I hope everybody enjoys. And again, as usual, if you have questions, feel free to contact me, Ford, F O R D, at SilverstateK9.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of Canines Talking Sense, again out here in Chicago at the Canine Hits Conference. I get to sit down with my good friend, Andy Weinman from Broward County, Florida. Andy, thank you for taking the time to come to the show. Um, if you don't mind, just do a, a quick, you know, intro for our, our listeners who may or may not be familiar with you. And then I have some good questions for you.
0: Oh, thanks for having me here. So, yeah, um, I went through training with Canadian Customs Detector Dog School and uh, back in the 90s. I went there for about six months and learned a whole bunch about training dogs and uh, working dogs during that time. Uh, I came back to South Florida. Uh, I got on with uh, Department of Defense through St. Petersburg College to go around the country and train more detection dogs and and for bombs and drugs and other detection stuff. And uh, then I also worked for the Sheriff's Office, uh, training a bunch of their dogs and... Um, Currently, I'm the trainer for our detection dog unit that has uh, about 18 dog teams. They do currency, drugs, firearms, tobacco, cell phones, uh, that kind of stuff. So I've Mm -hmm. had a a bunch of experience in it. I started in the early 90s, so I've got like 25, 26 years doing Mm -hmm. this and really enjoy doing it. And my... uh, my current class here at HITS is a, a record-keeping court testimony thing. So we, we've we had a lot of fun trying to uh, teach handlers
1: how to keep good records
0: so that they can win their cases in court.
1: Mm-hmm. So speaking of uh, you know, record-keeping and, and changes in, in times, um, one of the things that's come up pretty regularly more recently, especially in the state that you're in, is now the, uh, in some cases, legalization of marijuana or the legalization of medical marijuana, um, a common question that comes up is, you know, do I proof my dog off this? How do I? What's advice that you've personally gone through and what you've seen in the industry? How to respond or what? To, how to prepare for that change when a state legalizes uh, the narcotic of marijuana? And then you've got numerous dogs that are trained out there that are on marijuana. What do they do now? What's some information you can share to, for them to consider?
0: Well. <clears throat> You know, some states have legalized marijuana completely, and it's become, you know, they've actually had court cases say they can't use them anymore. I think Colorado was the mm-hmm. most biggest change, where they actually had their Supreme Court say that you can't use a dog any longer as PC for uh, if the, if it's trained for marijuana. So mm-hmm. that was the biggest change. Florida uh, had medical marijuana, and that has uh, come about. We do have a, a case out of I think the first district that says. Basically, drug dogs who are trained in marijuana are still PC, even though medical marijuana has been uh, deemed okay in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, uh, what we have going on down there is they have uh, legalized hemp, which okay. is uh, really just marijuana, mm-hmm. but it has a low THC, 0.3% mm-hmm. or below mm-hmm. is what the law reads. So now this, the question is, you know, is uh, what do we do with our dogs? Can they still find that? Yeah that hemp or really marijuana with mm-hmm. just low THC. Sure. And uh, the panic is, I don't want to call it a panic, but the questions are, mm-hmm. what do we do? What do we do with our dogs? What yep. Do we get rid of them? Do we retrain them? Do we mm-hmm. try to counter condition them? You know, yep. let's, let's see how this works. I think we're jumping ahead of ourselves a little bit, though. Mm-hmm. The law really hasn't got there yet. Okay. It hasn't yep. said that we can't use the dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the state attorneys in certain areas, the departments in certain areas have told their handlers to not use them anymore mm. but uh I think we actually have to use them yep. to create a case that mm-hmm. would then go through the court system to get a decision made sure. one way or another yeah um so in my county my state attorney's office with the help of Ted Doss who mm-hmm. I think you've had on before and mm-hmm. uh, talked to he uh he has it where we basically ask the uh the person who we're going to sniff their car, for yep. example, hey, do you have any hemp in the car? Mm-hmm. And currently what we get is, uh, what is hemp? Yeah. <laughs> and what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually a great answer so, for Exactly. Us. You know, uh, yep. eventually this is... Probably going to change. People will learn. People will read. They may Mm -hmm. hear this podcast. Sure. And they say, you know, uh, currently when they say that, the handler can then say, oh, thanks a lot, Mm -hmm. and run the dog as they always Mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. And based on the answer that there's no hemp in the car or they Mm -hmm. don't even know what hemp is, uh, the reaction then allows them the same PC that they've always had before. Exactly, And they can just move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, There is now a field test kit that is out there that tests a one percent and above okay so it will not react if it's below one percent thc and it will react if it's above one percent thc so this allows a presumptive positive on the street okay so if let's say you ran your dog and you got a hit on a car and you've asked the question is that hemp yeah and they said i don't know what the hell hemp is yeah well then you can now find the substance in the car you have a field test that you can test with okay and uh then if it tests positive that means it's at least above one percent mm-hmm. so that gives a, a grace period if you will sure. of point seven percent from yeah. what the legal limit which is be. a pretty
1: good stretch it, when you look at chemicals and how far that can go yeah uh,
0: in a chemistry world i think that's a yeah. big number right? yeah so and then you can then act upon that Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there would have to be further testing for court purposes after that in yeah. some lab somewhere. Yeah. Where where we yeah, take yeah, yeah. it to? So, I guess you know, right now, it seems like people are—I don't want to say overreacting, but they're super cautious. Yes. Yeah. On what's going on? There's a here. lot of
1: questions, and and like you said, you, the things that you're bringing to light is uh, stems from that. Like we said, lack of a better term panic. But the what do we do now uh, thing, because you know what's next uh, do we you know what do we do with our dogs and all that kind of stuff so like I said.
0: yeah I, it seems like it would be very um very uh offhand to just say well let's get rid of the dogs or yep. let's stop using them completely yep. or let's do something like that yep. it would be much better to almost wait it out
1: if you will yeah you know yeah don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. exactly very good yeah
0: (laughs) wait it out let's see how it goes Mm -hmm. let's see what the court says Mm -hmm. and 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 go from there um you know i I don't know if it goes the wrong direction for us i'm not sure what the answer would be sure yeah but uh let's not go there just yeah
1: we'll fight one battle at a time versus you know overreacting or because then next thing you know maybe they don't do it and now all these dogs got repurposed or done something with because they you know reacted well oh my gosh you know since hemp's illegal and you know cbd oil is out there what do we do so yeah and it's a personal preference but for me uh, it seems like you know we uh,
0: Florida getting into a little bit of politics. We have a, a, a Republican or conservative mm-hmm. governor, mm-hmm. and he appointed, I think, four justices to the uh, Florida Supreme Court. Okay. So any any case that would get sent potentially up through mm-hmm. the court system may be good for the conservative side sure. of the world, depending sure. on where you fall. Yep. Uh, you know, For me, I'm a bit more conservative on mm-hmm. that drug mm-hmm. law stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe it would be beneficial for us to now take a case up versus – sometime sure. down the road. Yeah, so, no, that's true. Time so you never know. Anything. It could it could uh, turn out really well for us if someone does push it. Sure. So yeah. in my county we're actually going forward just as normal. Yep. It seems like we're almost the oddity of most places on. Yeah. So uh, I've only
1: heard of a few. Yeah, that's been uh, I've heard the same thing like you, you guys and I think uh, another county up north said, "You know what? We're staying with what we do."
0: Yeah. So if I give any advice to anybody out there, I would not uh, panic or throw mm-hmm. the baby out with the bathwater yeah. just yet. I think <laughs> yeah. it's uh, I would suggest staying the course, ask the question, you mm-hmm. know. But you got to follow what your state attorney says. You mm-hmm. know, if they ain't going to prosecute the case, mm-hmm. maybe it's not worth doing the work yeah. you know, to get there. So I understand that part For as well. Sure.
1: So th- that brings up a another common question I get to hear in your lectures quite a bit. So, you know, we'll throw the, the marijuana question out. Let's just say the you get your typical handler. They search Um, whatever it is, vehicle, how, whatever brought them to that location. A common thing that comes up, or questions get asked, is, "Well, I don't reward on the street. I don't reward in the in the real world setting. You know, in training I always do, but over here I don't." And there's, uh, we, me, and you have talked before too about this. There's various reasons why they may not. Um, But there's also the core difference that starts to happen is training in reality can start to look different when that occurs yeah Uh, i love the advice that you give so if you don't mind can you discuss a little bit about when you do your classes discuss when that question comes up or that comment comes up uh how you address it and the information that you share that comes from that
0: well i've asked before you know uh, do you reward the dog on the street and you're right uh there are a lot of people who don't.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I guess it is their fear that they might be rewarding the dog on something that isn't odor. Mm-hmm. And And what that tells me is there's nothing wrong with the person or the dog. It's just maybe a lack of confidence mm-hmm. in what's going on. and you know, I get it. If you're not very confident with, with the dog's reaction, I can understand why you may not want to do that. But mm-hmm. there are some, if you're just overly cautious, if you truly feel like if I reward him on the street once or twice or whatever number of times that may not be odor or target odor, um, if it's you think that's going to sink the ship, I don't think you should be that worried about exactly. it. Exactly. I, I think if your training's done properly, mm-hmm. if you... Think of the, you know, dogs tend to want to react to what I consider novel odors, Uh odors that are just interesting to them that they want to go and smell at a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Many times, if they haven't been conditioned to that odor, if there's a cue attached to Mm -hmm. the reaction between the handler and the dog, it could happen based Mm on the dog smells at a novel or or strange odor. The handler misreads that as as, uh, odor behavior change, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And then he gives the cue that he inadvertently built into the the dog and the dog sees that and then has a response to it. And and that's possible. And then – but but again, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, the only things that you really would intend – really could condition the dog to a different odor is things that you repeatedly reward the dog on over and over again. So, you know, think about when you train the dog for a drug. Yeah. I mean, some dogs learn it very quickly, I agree, and some dogs don't take very long at all to get it, Mm -hmm. but it was probably more than once or twice. Exactly, yeah. And to be real, real reliable with it, it was probably many, Mm -hmm. many times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, there's a large detriment to not that Mm -hmm. I don't think people consider rewarding the dog on the street. I mean, I've heard many times, and I think you have too, that Mm -hmm. uh, I get a dog out at training and they are on fire. Exactly. Yeah, they uh-huh. suck the paint off the car. Uh-huh. They are super focused. They do everything perfectly as they go around the room, and and uh, you know you're thinking that's just wonderful. And then when they get out in a real life situation, mm-hmm. um, you know they come out. The terminology I hear many times is flat, disinterested, yes. bored, mm-hmm. all human kinds of terminology mm-hmm. that the dog really doesn't have, yeah. you know? Yeah. Dogs really don't get bored. Yeah. You know, they're not really disinterested. They mm-hmm. may want to reward themselves a sure. different way than you intend them to, mm-hmm. but uh, that's really what's going on. And mm-hmm. and I think the cause of that is is two things. One, their training is different than real life, mm-hmm. and it may be dramatically different. Yep. And then in real life, if not rewarded on the street, they know that. Absolutely. And they, they know, well... I'm not going to get anything for being out here anyway, so Mm -hmm. I may work minimally well, but I'm not going to be like I was at training where I have every expectation that I'm going to find it and Mm -hmm. I'm going to get my Mm -hmm. reward. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you see a poor poor performance in a Mm -hmm. dog that really is very good Mm -hmm. and very well trained, Mm -hmm. but just has a low expectation of actually finding it. And I guess I come to the opinion of, I would much rather risk inadvertently training the dog to an odor, which mm-hmm. I don't think is that big of a risk, yep. if at all, uh, to have a really solid working animal that actually does the job and yep. actually performs the job needed out on the street to put people in jail, to yeah. catch drug dealers, to catch the drugs and get them off their street. That's why you're there. That's what yep. you're trained for. That's why they bought the dog. Mm-hmm. That's what you're there to do. Yeah. So. It's it, to me, you know, rewarding on the street should not be a thing to be afraid of. It mm-hmm. should be a thing to actually be. I don't want to call it part of training, but part of growing the dog.
1: Yes, and you bring up the, the main point there, which is training in reality should match up. And as if you, best you can. exactly, and if you've done the things that you're supposed to do in training, such as putting out proofing odors, putting out distracting odors, dealing with the things that are common in your area, what are you worried about on the street? Exactly, and if you
0: continue to do it. Mm -hmm. So let's say you did reward a dog for, um, I get this one uh, in court sometimes, you rewarded the dog for marijuana prior to our marijuana laws Mm -hmm. changing. You're rewarded for a joint, and uh, the defense attorney will ask, well, what's the joint in? Well, Mm -hmm. it's in a tobacco. Mm -hmm. So uh, aren't you afraid that you've trained the dog to find tobacco Mm -hmm. because you've rewarded them many times on Mm -hmm. the street? Well, in my training records, yep. I have tobacco out. And yep. I can show you that the dog does not respond. It does not go to yep. tobacco because he's never rewarded for it mm-hmm. in that manner. And it proves in court, yep. it proves to the attorney and mm-hmm. it proves to anybody that looks at it that even though I'm rewarding the dog on the street yep. over and over and over again for mm-hmm. marijuana and tobacco paired yep. together. Yep. I still can put tobacco out in training, and the dog, and the is- dog does not mm-hmm. respond. Yep. So, if it mm-hmm. was true yep. that I would inadvertently reward the dog on an odor that wasn't target odor, mm-hmm. I would have conditioned my dog yeah. to find tobacco yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. that way. Yeah, because I've over my twenty-six years, when marijuana was inherently illegal in yeah. Florida. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm four dogs into my career. Mm-hmm. I've had some work ten years finding joints on the street in the mm-hmm. hood. Mm-hmm. I mean I yeah. would have clearly had to have trained one to find tobacco. Sure. Absolutely. And based on all the training I did to make sure that tobacco was mm-hmm. not in the scent picture, mm-hmm. he didn't respond that way. So mm-hmm. I don't sure that I buy into the hey I could inadvertently yeah, training. I suppose it's possible. Yeah, like but you it's said, it just not likely.
1: Well, that and and you, there's two things you kind of brought in that tie the same thing on on that we all know psychology and science wise is the schedule of reinforcement. If our reinforcement is high in training and not very high in reality, you've just taught the dog that in that in these contexts of the reality setting the traffic stop or what have you versus the parking lot with all the cars you do training at, the dog realizes, oh, in this context I get lots of reinforcement. This other one I don't. So why do i want to work when the expectation of reinforcement is very low compared to my training where the expectation of reinforcement is very high so exactly same with the 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 items if you've only reinforced a non-target item you know like you said on the one chance you didn't find anything and you're, the only thing that was in the car was tobacco let's say uh, did you and you re, and you give your dog the toy is that one reinforcement isn't going to make the dog now this this tobacco finding dog even if it happened twice or what have you, it's not the end of the world. And again, goes back to that training. If your training is sound and your dog, and you are putting these things out, these are things you don't have to worry about. So, exactly. um, it, it seems like it. It seems like you are sacrificing, uh,
0: potentially sacrificing a very solid, good working yeah. dog that could really perform
1: well on mm-hmm. the street for a fear that isn't likely to happen yeah. anyway. And, and if you want the legal system to trust that your dog finds odor and you question that, what does that conundrum put you in? You're now, you know, how do you, if I trust you, the, the legal system, with the Fourth Amendment search and seizure right, and you have doubt, then why are you doing it? Yeah,
0: I mean, and that's the big question that's going to come out in court that we talk about in our class is just that if, you know, and I almost hate to mention it, but if you're on video mm-hmm. and you don't reward your dog on the street mm-hmm. and they they get the video and look at it, they're going to potentially have an expert that reviews it and potentially he's going to ask, why didn't you? Mm-hmm. And you can have lots of reasons. Yeah. I mean, very solid reasons. It was unsafe. Yep. You oh, have yeah. a variable reward the Exactly. That's one of the ones I use all the time. You yep. have all those are solid, yep. good, great mm-hmm. reasons to have. Yep. But. If they dig deeper, yep. they could find it better be truly a variable reward yeah, schedule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and if it is unsafe... What you can't do mm-hmm. is then put the dog up in your car, come back, search the car, go back and get the dog, and then mm-hmm. go back and put him on the mm-hmm. same car in the same unsafe location. Yeah. I mean, it may truly be that there were cars going by at that time, and then mm-hmm. now the second time out there wasn't, mm-hmm. so you can ex- easily explain that. Yep. Um, but the supposition from the defense is going to mm-hmm. be, how did the safety and security change at that point? Mm-hmm. So you, you just be ready for those questions. Sure. I'm not sure. telling you you're wrong or doing mm-hmm. anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just that that's the perception. Sure. Uh, what you're going to find. And, and, you know, we live and die on perception. So mm-hmm. make sure you, you've thought that through yeah. and, and you can do it. But I focus more on the training part of it. Yep. I think you would get a better performing dog in real life mm-hmm. uh, by doing it that way. So anyway, that's just my two cents. Yeah.
1: This episode is brought to you by the Sensible Canine, making sense of scent work. The Sensible Canine is owned and operated by Pete Stevens. Pete Stevens has a vast experience in detection dogs, and myself and Elliot Zibley were the first three three bald guys everybody remembers us as working together, uh, putting out various seminars under Sensible Canine. And it has since grown to what it is today, and keeps Pete pretty busy. Sensible Canine is uh, a education and workshop based uh, business. Pete goes to your area, or you come out to Southern California and go through various types of seminars where we focus on the skill sets needed. Um, Most times geared towards nose work, but these days it's expanding to all types of scent work, uh, professional and sport. So look up uh, The Sensible Canine. The website is exactly that, thesensiblecanine.com. I will put a link in the show notes. Contact them, set up a seminar, or come to one of the seminars that we host. Uh, many times in the Southern California area, but soon we will have our first Sensible Canine in Las Vegas at the Silver State Canine facility. So, again, look up the sensiblecanine.com, and it's k9.com for the end of that. But, again, I'll have the show notes. We'll have the web link there for you. 2019 has been a wonderful year here at Silver State Canine. And we are so thankful for all of you who have come to either our handler courses, our trainer courses, or our seminars. 2020 is already starting off to be a busy year for us. And we created a new calendar that'll be on our website and on our social media feeds. If you're looking for a handler class or you're looking for a trainer's class, contact us. Our classes are focused on proven scientific and psychological training methodology that helps you train and communicate to your dog in a much more efficient and effective way. We also offer seminars in a variety of topics and now we have added even bite work and protection work to the courses and classes that we have here at Silver State Canine. Also, if you're looking for a trained detection dog, contact us we customize each dog that we train for any of our clients based on your needs and in this process we work with you step by step from selecting the dog to the training of the dog to then the handler school that you'll go through when you pick the dog up so again if you're looking for any of our silver state canine services to include our mobile classroom where we come to you contact us info INFO at SilverstateK9.com or just go visit our website. We've redesigned it, updated it. www.silverstatek9.com. That's SilverstateKTheNumber9.com. PackTrack is the top choice for canine handlers, trainers, and supervisors seeking a full featured, flexible, and secure record management solution. It's designed to work the way that you do, whether you're at your desk or in the field. PackTrack was developed, tested, and proven by top canine training experts. To ensure safety of all recorded data, PackTrack operates the same way as secure infrastructures do in the U.S. government and numerous financial institutions. Their unique data management solution, which continuously backs up all records, provides convenient access to information throughout any web browser or your iOS or Android device. From the beginning, PackTrack has been focused on protecting officers and agencies from potential liability. Professionally designed forms and concise, modern-looking reports make it very easy to document and prove the canine's reliability in court. Visit PackTrackApp.com. That's www.p-a-c-k-t-r-a-c-k-a-p-p.com. So I'm going to bring up something near and dear to your heart: training records and recording your training. How, what are some very important things that handlers need to be aware of when um, tr- you know documenting their training? Uh, what should they pay attention to? Which things? What, are, what would you say your top things are that they need to start documenting and being um, very cognizant about, and, and having a good track record on their training?
0: I think. Um they need to actually write down exactly what goes on. And I don't want to say, ah, exactly is a bad term. I need They need to document better what it is their dog did during the training exercise. So I'll give you an example. Many times I read training exercise uh, notes from a handler. So you've created the exercise. The stuff is out. The handler then comes and writes his comments about how his dog performed, which is normal and the way it works. So when he's writing that information, they'll write something like, you know, deployed the dog, and the dog sniffed in this manner and worked around the room in this manner and found the drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they really kind of cut to the chase. Yeah. You know, he found, he reacted, mm-hmm. he was rewarded, and mm-hmm. he, and we were done. And and, and wow. records are so tough because nobody likes to do them. They're boring. It's, sure. uh, it's the drudge of all of our existence to mm-hmm. be actually do it. So I get that this can be very tedious at times. But you... You really have to articulate even more than that, in my opinion. So, like, if the exercise was designed... And, and hopefully people have a goal for their exercise, a mm-hmm. they reason they're doing it. They're not just putting it out to see if they yep. can find it. They're actually trying to improve or fix or mm-hmm. do something that actually progresses the dog along. So if there's a goal, and let's say it was proofing as an example, so they have plastic bags out mm-hmm. or tobacco, as yep, we've been using yep, in our yep. example or something, uh, they need to write down that actually the dog smelled at it and didn't react. The mm-hmm. reason I say that is you're going to get a subpoena down the road. You're going to have a case that happened... Eight ten months ago, that they're going to subpoena and they're going to go back three four years prior to that incident. So you're really four to five years back, and Mm -hmm. they're going to say on September twelfth in two thousand and you know thirteen. Do you remember this training day? Yeah. Well, no. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and then they're going to say, "Well, do you remember if the dog reacted to the tobacco you had out in the thing?" Well. You can't really say you did because you just said you didn't remember. And Mm -hmm. it would be really tough Mm -hmm. probably to remember. Mm -hmm. So here you are now. I don't remember. Well, in your records, it it doesn't say either way. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that the dog reacted. Uh And you're going to say, no, I would have uh, remembered that. I would have addressed Mm -hmm. it. So just the fact that I didn't write it down. But nonetheless, that doubt gets put in the judge's mind. Uh Again, none of these things sink a ship. Sure. It takes many of these to, mm-hmm. to sink the ship, but you know if take an extra sentence mm-hmm. just to say he smelled at it and didn't react alleviates that entire question and oh, that yeah. entire doubt and mm-hmm. that it just cleans things up. I go back to the old adage it, in law enforcement anymore nobody believes us. Yeah, so oh, yeah, it, no. it isn't uh-huh. written down and mm-hmm. it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you you just want to you want to put it down you know on paper of how the dog reacted the next thing that I think people really slack on documenting is the noticing and knowing the behavior change completely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So um, many times people say the behavior changes, is, uh, you know, a head turn and breathing, mm-hmm. and they kind of stop there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, it really is a whole lot more behavior in the dog that you can realize that, that would indicate that he's actually on target over mm-hmm. And um, you really want to be able to document that you know that very well because if your dog should happen to have a behavior change mm-hmm. but yet not come to a full and final response, yep. you would want to have a record of how you know that behavior change so well. Sure. And that that still constitute PC for mm-hmm. whatever you want to do, because there's there's a number of cases out there that say you know behavior change is, is good enough for PC, mm-hmm. and they are mm-hmm. you know and and it is, mm-hmm. um, but they're starting to use a certain couple of cases, some attorneys that says the opposite, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. there's some problems there that we have to address when it comes to that. So notating the fact that you can tell that the uh, behavior change. And maybe even the behavior change as compared to a behavior change with something else. Okay. Like, you know, dog pee maybe yep. or something, you know. Um, mm-hmm. If you think about the description, uh, head turn, breathing change, closed yep. mouth, and bracketing to an odor. Mm-hmm. Think about the last time you walked your dog in a neighborhood and he smelled yep. dog piss on the ground. Mm-hmm. Did he close his mouth? Mm-hmm. Did he increase his breathing? Mm-hmm. Did he bracket to that? Yep. Sure did. But after those four things, mm-hmm. what else in the dog's behavior compared dog pee to target odor we're mm-hmm. done? Yeah. You know? yeah. For me, it's if the dog gets close to it, he kind of is – my dog is a bit apprehensive as he gets mm-hmm. closer to the pee. He's coming at it with a happy or an excited uh-huh. posture. He's Correct. coming at it almost cautiously like, ooh, there's a big dog out here. I might have to pay attention to sure. a little bit. Yeah. Stretches his neck out a bit towards it. Mm-hmm. Instead of a tail wagging at a rapid pace, mm-hmm. it's more stiff. Mm-hmm. His hair comes
1: up on his uh-huh. back as if, oh, there's another animal out yep. here. He, My dog kind of arches his back a little bit because you know, I know what next step is going He's going to pee on it now. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mine, a uh, little more disgusting. He <laughs> likes it. He thinks that's absolutely <laughs> (laughs) Fantastic! I don't don't quite get that, but okay, you know, where everything's okay these days. Sure, yeah, yeah. So he uh, he looks at it, and of course, then he goes over and wants to to pee on top of it. But Mm -hmm. his posture isn't that of excited. His posture isn't that close to target odor, Mm because you know, for dogs the. Dogs anticipate that uh, the toy's coming. That's why they get excited. That's why the tail wag's more Mm -hmm. fast. That's why Mm -hmm. their their posture is more bouncy and excited, almost a little bit of a lowering. That's why their ears and expression are a bit different because they're anticipating fun because that Mm -hmm. odor is the perfect predictor that the toy is about mm-hmm. to come through the repetition Correct. of your training, through all those things. He now knows that's what's about to happen, and that total sequence becomes the behavior change yep. that you need to read. There is no excitement and bouncing and happy play when he's smelling dog piss. Yeah, yeah, no. And it's totally different. If you went to a training scenario where you were able to articulate that in your records, how mm-hmm. you can tell the difference between mm-hmm. the two... Um, and you explained that in court, it seems like you would be much more believable than um, testimony of what's his behavior change, a head turn and some extra breathing.
1: Yeah. So one of the other things that you I talked about and kind of goes into the record thing and that you brought up is, you know, the... Term readable alert by handler is kind of the legal side of things of what the alert or what we want to call. But you and I had a great discussion one time recently in California where it's more about a demonstrative change in behavior. Um, because we all know, you know, with the, uh, you know, we went, started years ago with scratch alerts and then everything yep. became a passive, passive alert, alert and that's it. And now we're, we're seeing a mixture of like the focused response, a, almost like a pointer pointing and things like that. And like we talked about the pluses and minuses of when you get into the pointing alert because you know, one of those things that I, and I've been a fan of. But with that said, you know, when I, when we had our discussions was it needs to be in a way that is, uh, a layman can look at this and say something happened here yes and 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 you know for handlers that need to uh talk about like how you need to articulate and and document that especially if because you brought up the court case especially the one in canada where because just because a dog didn't sit they now toss that out and we all know many of us can read our dogs uh, you know is an alert but is unable to get into a certain position but kind of elaborate a little bit more about what we are talking about there, demonstrative and what we mean by that
0: yeah you, you know in the in the case um, the handler that in those cases one was Davis one was Wilson and there was one in Canada of course um, and you can look those up on the internet and really find better mm-hmm. details about it but th- the way the case is described the dog was unable either in a position where he couldn't get a a, a, a solid sit his his trained response mm-hmm. based on their initial training was a sit response. Mm-hmm. Uh, i personally don't care what the response is Mm -hmm. as long as it's demonstrative Mm -hmm. and able to be seen by people Mm -hmm. fairly easily Mm -hmm. so um in his in those instances it was a sit response and the dog either didn't come to a complete sit or potentially didn't come to any sit at all Mm -hmm. but had a behavior change that the handler could read Mm -hmm. prior to that the hard part is is Nowadays which in some of the past cases where they decided PC was absolutely or a behavior change was absolutely PC for search of a vehicle based on the dog's behavior mm-hmm. change not, many of those weren't captured on video so mm-hmm. the court was not looking at or listening to a handler's testimony and then watching a video uh-huh so you know you have just the handler's testimony and then they say okay well that's good enough mm-hmm. Now you have in this day and age with everything being captured on video, mm-hmm. either through body warm camera yep. or, or dash camera mm-hmm. or just someone along the side of the road with a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, they're now listening to what we say as a handler on the stand that that behavior change is and then watching the video to see if they can see it. Yep. And many times, if you think about it, a head turn and the breathing and the facial expression, ears, tails, mm-hmm. posturing, and mm-hmm. working isn't as easily seen
1: mm-hmm.
0: on mm-hmm. the video, but a demonstrative final response mm-hmm. can be very easily seen. Yes. And uh, whether it's an, uh, a freeze and stare mm-hmm. or whether it's a, a full-blown sit, and mm-hmm. you know, courts are looking at it like, hmm, I, I get it that you can read that, but mm-hmm. I, I need to have a check and balance. I sure. need to have some way of noticing that. So yeah. either the behavior change has to be, captured very well on the video which can happen absolutely or the 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 final response Mm -hmm. needs to be there and i think that's where defense attorneys are going to focus more now is Mm -hmm. now that it's on video Mm -hmm. your testimony has to match up with what What the video says and and it it really will Mm -hmm. but it's just hard to hard 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 to see on the Mm -hmm. video Mm -hmm. so then they fall back to well, the only thing that's really overly demonstrative is the final response. Thus, mm-hmm. they would start to rely on sure. it. Sure. And uh, right or wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying that that's right for the court to do. Yep. I truly think that the handlers are 100% right. Mm-hmm. It should be PC and mm-hmm. all that. It's just that they now have this extra piece of evidence being the video to now compare to the testimony that's being given that uh you know the dog closed his mouth and had a breathing change and all Mm -hmm. those things they just don't uh based on the angle of the video or the distance or Mm -hmm. whatever it isn't as easy for them to see yeah
1: and what you bring up is I, i use in my lectures now quite a bit live pd and Live PD has put out some videos of, you know, canine handlers deploying their dogs and search on vehicles. And it's 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 disheartening to see what we watch on there and to know that and I like I say I use it in my lecture and say, don't do this. You know, the rest of the industry is judged by what they get to see, you know, what the what the public gets to watch on something like that. And we collectively have to hold ourselves accountable before they do. So when we see stuff like this, we need to make contact with each other, ask some questions, address some things. Uh, and in my thing in the, the videos, it was so blatant of how bad it was that I wanted to, to demonstrate that to everybody else. We need to have a discussion. You know, We need to discuss why this is happening. And then, and if, and if I even, like yesterday when I played it, and if you're in this room, if you're the handler of this, or you know the handler of this, just to explain what, are we seeing not seeing something that wasn't shown? And if you have a different point of view, because these were so glaringly bad, that uh, of course no one and it brought to light. Everybody kind of agreed, yeah, no, that's not tolerable, and this is this isn't something that we should do. I'll have to watch that. I Yeah, haven't seen that. Oh, I'll show them to you. Believe, actually, I have them right here. I'll show them to you in a second. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad. But in a in sense, is we don't want the legal system. Policing us, especially if in a group, we can do the best we can in training and hold ourselves accountable. And like you said, making sure that if my alert is, you know, uh, is always going to be something that's very demonstrative and readable and understandable, despite if it's a position or what have you, and not this like, oh, it's just he turned his head right there, and that's that's my alert.
0: Yeah, you just can't rely solely on that. No, you really need to be able to articulate all of the pieces of it. The Mm -hmm. more you articulate. So even if they don't see it on the video, Mm -hmm. the fact that you focus on it on your records, you can bring up your records, Mm -hmm. you can show all the exercises that you use to perfect your ability to read that behavior change versus any other reaction from the dog Mm -hmm. to any other odor that you could imagine, Mm -hmm. that attempt and that record and that description and all those things can help support even if they don't Mm -hmm. see it on the Mm -hmm. video and you are 100% one hundred percent adamant that it happened, yeah. But they don't see it not happen, yeah. You know, yeah. Then, then it might, you know, truly sway and turn sure. the tide for you. That, uh, that, that's that's truly what happened. And, yeah. You know, it's sad that we have to go to these lengths to prove, you know, ourselves. Sure. All the time. Oh yeah, like
1: you said, because the, the videos almost require it because. The old term, seeing is believing, unfortunately, we know is not always true because we've seen it many times in law enforcement. A camera angle of a shooting can be totally different when you all of a sudden interject another perspective from a different angle. And you're like, oh, the first one you showed me, the cop looked like they did this. But when you see the other angle, oh, what you didn't get to see was the suspect did why before the other one happened. So exactly. we we understand uh You know, video tells some of the information, but it's not all of the information. But the dog handlers, this is new to us now, that they're wearing body cameras, and we have to be very aware of of, uh, how we do things and, and making sure, like you said... If I describe what happens with my dog, that kind of should, most times, if it's being reviewed, be matched, whether it be in person or by video, we should see some of these things there.
0: Hopefully. Again, yeah. as long as the camera's yep. good enough, close enough, angled yep. right, you know, whatever, it's very possible that it, mm-hmm. that it truly happens. Yeah. You just don't get to see it on the video. And body so. cameras
1: are tough because they don't get a great perspective sometimes. Exactly. Because, yeah. You know, it's, it's high, it's yeah. angled the wrong way, all yeah. that
0: stuff. Yeah. And then dash cameras are tough because they are considerable distance back yes. and you're only getting maybe two sides yeah. of the car the field that of you view is see, limited, for sure. so you're not seeing what happens mm-hmm. on any of those kind of points as they go around so they're trying to guess yeah. at what happens in yeah. those other spots and mm-hmm. uh you know that can be difficult when it comes to court
1: yeah you know, oh absolutely proven
0: it so those are some things that i would uh you know focus on i think mm-hmm. those are important to mm-hmm. to focus on and and uh in the in testimony wise um in the wilson case and diaz case basically the handler was testifying in a way that that gave the impression to the court Mm -hmm. that he and only he could read the dog's behavior change Mm -hmm. and that no one else Mm -hmm. and it gave the even though maybe he didn't attend it that way it it gave the impression that nobody else in the world could could interpret this and interpret the dog and and while that may be true, maybe mm-hmm. there is just absolutely that great connection between the dog and the handler, and you yeah. can absolutely read every inch of the facial expressions mm-hmm. and everything in this dog. <laughs> I guess it's possible, but uh, what that means is, is then the, they're beyond review. Yeah, and actually, they quoted in Wilson and in, in David, Davis quoted Wilson, and Wilson mm-hmm. started. It was. That you know if that's true and if we allow it as a court mm-hmm. it takes the uh, the review of the canine hand they're completely out of play there's no way to review that because we can't see it and don't understand it yeah and he's the only one that can know it and understand it it makes them the judge and jury and mm-hmm. able to issue their own search warrants mm-hmm. without any review and yeah. that's something that the court just will not accept sure no matter what yep. No matter what we think, that mm-hmm. just is unacceptable in their eyes. And yeah. I guess it maybe should be.
1: Sure. No, and, and like me, you talked about a lot of times the industry, the dog industry, won't change unless a legal precedent comes down and kind of forces a change, And which leads me to this question. So we've both been doing this long enough that we're finally seeing science pay more attention to dogs. There's more research about sci- or about, about dogs from the scientific community there's uh, in, in various ways from how the brain works to how odor is interpreted, all these different things. What give me? And you've had great conversations about this, but I want the listeners to hear uh, because you definitely look at things on the legal side of things and how some of those things can affect us. Give me something. Give me one good and one bad thing. How you see? Now that we're seeing more research and more science in you know coming into us, giving us information, what's a good thing and what's a bad thing that we're getting out of this evolution in our detection community?
0: Well, the good thing is is that we're learning more and more and more about dogs mm-hmm. um, that's fantastic, yeah you know uh, the more we can learn about how they think and uh, and understand how they learn mm-hmm. uh, the better everybody gets from mm-hmm. that. That's absolutely true. Um, But it also then exposes that information to everyone out there in the public. True, And uh, it educates the defense attorneys just as well. Uh, I remember a funny story. Uh, When I first started in law enforcement uh, canine work, um, the guys before me taught me what to do and as everyone learns. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, their basic idea was, hey, uh, in your records, you write down very little. That way you're not educating yeah. any defense attorneys. <laughs> I so remember that, don't, too. don't put any of yeah. stuff down. Just write very little in there. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, and it worked mm-hmm. back then, but it only worked off the presumption mm-hmm. that uh, all defense attorneys don't know anything about dogs. Mm-hmm. And thus, if they don't read much from you, then mm-hmm. they won't learn anything from mm-hmm. you. And back then, I guess it was true, but have changed yeah uh defense attorneys have learned a lot about dogs oh, they yeah. have conferences just like we have here at hits yeah but for defense attorneys mm-hmm. to beat dogs to sure. to defeat them in court and they have experts that are out there that are hired to then uh go after us and go after our records and go after our training and mm-hmm. things like that and they get educated from them so mm-hmm. if your records are insufficiently documented yep they then will come after the fact that you didn't write down mm-hmm. enough stuff in there to prove your point of sure. how the dog worked. And by all the research that's come out and all the research that's going mm-hmm. public, it just educates them that much further, that much faster oh, absolutely. as it goes on. So yeah. it gives them the ability to really go look at records and go after you as, as they do. So I think it's great that we do it and that it happens, but I mm-hmm. think we in our profession need to really – look into that more mm-hmm. and uh, just mm-hmm. be that much better at it than the other guy
1: yeah no and and, and you're right because we're, we're learning things that we never knew 10 years ago about what the dog can or can't do or how much they use us for information and that's a lot of the research i get to go be a part of it's it's amazing to see because there's no other species on the planet that is as good as a dog at understanding human intention and human communication it's a great thing it also can be every a, a every a uh, thing that can be used against you or the the dog or the dog uh, or when how it's viewed is did you do this that affected the dog or did you have a bias and so forth. And oh
0: yeah, I mean there's that uh, Lisa Litt uh, study yep. that has yep. been used against Correct. us in court a mm-hmm. few times. Um, you know, I get the study. I, I get what it is. It, mm-hmm. I'll just be honest. I think it was more of a trick on the handler than it was. There's an a much study. better
1: way. To get the same information, right or wrong, without employing the way that that was done, you know, we we can agree. Can a handler influence a dog? Yes, we know a handler can influence a dog. Um, do we? Is that does that mean it's a blanket statement across the board? No, we, you know. Again, back to our points about training and things like that. There's definitely things that we do, and and me personally, I got to watch that more recently. Uh, one of the researchers I worked with at Texas Tech was watching sport dog handlers and watching de- uh, professional dog handlers, and her study is just what's the difference between the two? You know, when you're a hobbyist and when you're a professional, what's the difference? And the amazing thing that we get to watch is actually the professionals, uh, on the number side of things, show more trust in their dogs than actually the sporting people did. The sporting people were very good at reading a lot of very minute behaviors in their dogs because, of course, many of the sporting dogs didn't have as strong indications or not as obviously the levels of motivation in those dogs are a little bit less than obviously are the dogs that we picked for that job. Um, so they were, the handlers were pretty good at reading those real subtle changes. Um, but at the end of the day, professionals were far better at saying and trusting their dogs at what the dog was telling them more so than the sport person. Which wow. was which was very interesting. I, I initially probably wouldn't have thought that because these other people, they, you know, it's their hobby. They're actually paying to go do these things and paying for lessons. And the other side gets paid to go do the job and do these things. True. And, and it, it was it was super interesting to to watch somebody that came into it with no perspective, one way or the other, uh, collect that information and. I was pleasantly happy. You know we were very lucky to have organizations from law enforcement say, yep, you know you can set stuff up, watch our guys run uh, and, and, and do things. And it was awesome to see that we do do it right. we, we, we do trust our dogs at the end of the day, that sensor that we have in front of us, we have to be able to interpret it and read it and go from there. So I was super happy to see that on the professional side of things, the side of the house I came from, even though I am working well, so on the sports side of things too, that that we have a good, strong trust in our dogs.
0: Yeah, it is fantastic. I mean, that's a, that's a great study and a great way it turned out for us. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Sometimes when you go into these studies, you're almost rolling the dice. Oh, I'm sure. not sure just exactly where yeah. we're going with this yeah. and, and how it's going to turn out. So that that's fortunately, it went yeah. it went our way, yeah. which I, I guess I, I would have anticipated. I know mm-hmm. that our handlers are out there training hard, yep. and I know they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all just a matter of getting it on paper, getting it in front of court, yeah. and just staying yep. diligent at training. And, yeah. and, and, you know, they do all the time. So I'm not as surprised, but sure. it's nice that it did turn out. And,
1: and it's only in the recent, you know, I would say – decade or less, that there's actually been a uh, hobbyist contingent that did detection dog stuff. Because, you know, before that, it was always bite work or obedience related. There was the Schutzen and KMPV and things like that. There was no nose work or scent work that was out there. And now that we have it, it's interesting to see how the hobbyist applies things because many of them – have gleaned their information from us on the professional side, or many of us that have retired that are now finding a new career and, and teaching, you know, uh, family members how to do nose work with their pets, and, and which is a great thing in itself getting people out there with dogs that need an activity or just a maybe not everybody can do agility, you know, Absolutely. but they can, you know, basically every dog can use its nose. Absolutely. And, and so to see this thing develop and see the two sides, now we have, you know, information and watching how people do things on a sports side and then the professional side. It's the first time we got to see it in detection. So it was kinda of fun to, to see this grow. And I know you've been out there in and CNCA and seen some of the, the conference they have. And it's and it's cool. I I got introduced to it mostly through you to be mm-hmm. quite honest.
0: And and it is a, such a unique thing to watch but mm-hmm. it's wonderful. You know every Dogs are wonderful animals, yeah. and uh, getting more interaction between humans and dogs is mm-hmm. a great thing, oh, yeah. and getting out there and using them and mm-hmm. putting them to work makes them so happy and yeah. builds that interaction between yep. you and your dog. It's just for a sport, for something to do, for yep. those that you know want to do it, it's really a nice thing, and as you said, they don't have to be wildly physically fit and yeah. they don't have to yeah. be bid or anything as they yeah. go to it. Yeah. It's, it's just a nice fun mm-hmm. thing for people to mm-hmm. do and, and it, it's kind of neat to see
1: people do it. Yeah. I, I never knew that it even existed <laughs> until I talked to you about yeah. it and saw it. It's, it was
0: very cool. Oh
1: yeah, no, and, and, and I hope in the future there's things that even uh, HITS and everything else can kind of start doing with uh, incorporating that side of the community into the education and learning process that all of us in the professional side of things have gotten to go through for many years now well, you never know that may happen you never know so with that said on, on and we talked about this too the last part i want to cover was you specialize in the record keeping stuff talk about pack track and because i what i really love about it is how handy it is with this, the fact that i have my phone with me all the time anyway you can quickly document uh set up training share training events uh, I want to give you a moment to kind of talk about that and share that with the listeners who may not know about it and and maybe even the possibility of how that pack track could expand to those down the road. Maybe sport can get into it and start calculating information as well. Yeah,
0: it's it's a, it's a, uh, a record-keeping system. It's web-based. And, you know, years ago I got into uh, canine training and it was all paper. It was nothing but paper. And, and that's all we had back then. It was a long time ago. And uh, it seemed like... It was easy to write down fast and easy to do, but Mm -hmm. it was a little bit difficult. Ah, uh, to retrieve the information, you couldn't pull statistics, you couldn't do much out of it. And yeah. now that computers have progressed and phones have progressed, we thought we'd create something that made it a bit easier to keep the records. And as we talked about before, especially with law enforcement doing <laughs> records, is just a pain. Yeah, and uh, nobody likes to do them. You know, sit there
1: for a computer for hours trying to document this and that.
0: And no, yeah. no, and they, and they, you know, if I can make it easier, they may do a little more and write mm-hmm. a little better and do things that help yeah. us when it comes to court and. And I I have a a belief and a saying that I say all the time, you know, uh, once that subpoena comes to want your records, once they come for you, Mm -hmm. uh, you can't go back two, three years and fix the records. You almost have to have your life here in Mm -hmm. this job that that we do for detection work. You have to do it with the belief that they're coming for you someday. Mm -hmm. And you want those records to be absolutely perfect. Yep. That way you don't have to worry about it when that when that time comes. Mm-hmm. So Packtrack, we created it to make that job so easy. So we created a phone app so that you can do everything from your smartphone and nothing stored on the smartphone. Mm-hmm. It's one thing that's that we wrote it in such a way that the phone accesses a mobile server and every bit of information you type into it goes right into the server. So there's no data ever stored on the phone. And it makes it easy because everybody carries their phone with them now. Oh, they yeah. can do everything on yeah. it. It's a super powerful computer in oh, such a small little thing. Yeah. And you you can enter all the data. And we use the power of the GPS in the mm-hmm. phone and the power of the date and time things that it automatically does to automatically fill all the data that you need to put it in there so it makes the entry so much faster. And we do a, a tracking app through it so it uses the GPS and the phone to track your location nice. for like laying tracks, yeah. and following tracks, mm-hmm. de- de- deployment tracks. It'll even do it in real time so that if you were on a track using your phone on your vest okay. and you activated the system, a supervisor sitting in a car, sitting in an office, no somebody can actually see it in real time as wow. you go through. I wouldn't use it as a uh, life-saving method sure. because it could be a little off 10 <laughs> yeah, feet here yeah. and there, but uh, you know, to be able to generally know where you're at and where you've covered, it's it's a pretty good tool to yeah. to use. And then it pulls records out that can help you guide yourself with training. So it keeps track of, as detection, we've been talking yep. about this whole time, yep. it would keep track of what's packaged around your drugs for oh, training. Good. It keeps track of what's packaged around your drugs in real life, All like right. what you find on the street. And then it'll give you guidance as to what maybe you need to proof off okay. what needs you what you need to put out and and uh, something we didn't talk about yet uh, at, at all but controlled negatives. I know yes, we had I, this discussion. We definitely
1: no, and I've, you're right. I thought about it a minute ago and I forgot to bring that up as blanks, you know, doing control negatives and, and doing blind searches as exactly. well. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And uh, it keeps track of that information. Yeah and it gives you some kind of statistics based on it. So mm-hmm. you you know whether you're doing enough of it and yeah. whether it's uh have you done it recently and all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. And then for explosive guys, I've noticed there's so many odors. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. Lots. Yes. And it, because you have to, it's hard to remember sometimes what ones have I used in the most recent past? It now can, this pack track can produce a log for you. So you can quickly go back and look if, what were the last six or eight or ten that you've used mm-hmm. and which ones you haven't used in a while so that you can make sure you keep the rotation yeah. going through for that? You know, for dope dog handlers it's a bit easier. There's just yeah, like four or five. Four or five, five exactly. You <laughs> go there with, with <laughs> the explosives, it's much larger yeah. without telling exactly, how many, yeah. but it's much yeah. larger out yeah. there. So, you know, that those things are wonderful. It has a, a web-based system as well. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to use your mobile phone, you mm-hmm. can do everything from your laptop computer mm-hmm. as well. You can uh, pull all the reports, compile uh, uh, records or statistics for individuals or for the entire group. And you can pull it for a date range. And if you need to print them out, it's very easy. You put the date range in of the records you're looking Mm -hmm. for. And you tell what handler, let's say you're the supervisor and you have a bunch of teams, you say, mm-hmm. I need all the records in between this date range for this handler. And within two seconds, you've got them up on the screen and you click the print button and there they go. They're yeah, all printed out. That's huge. This, and
1: again, you know, as we talk about size, things like that, data... And, and statistics are things that are very important and that can help guide you and make your training better. So, and I got to watch you do the demos with this. It, it pulls up that information in various graphs. It can have the, the pie graph, you know, bar graph and everything else in it. it, In having that visually in front of you really kind of brings some points home. Oh, you're right. Okay. We should do this. Or wow, we are super successful here. Um, and again, whenever an attorney may ask for information, As a supervisor, you can pull your whole unit. You can show this. It it, to have that amount of information and data at your fingerprint is amazing to be to have that so easily. Whether it be your, like you said, your phone, your computer, things like that. And that's to me a big change, even from when I was working the road as a cop. All we had was the laptop. You know, the phone. You know, was starting to come around, but to the, the ease of being able to document training, send an invite out, or share. You know, If you're the trainer, put the information, the hides out you did. Send everybody going, hey, what hide was that? What hide was that? Hey, I'll, I'll just send it to your thing. And we do it
0: really easy. We create a training group. So if yeah. you're all working on PackTrack, you create a training group. Mm-hmm. And when you enter it, as we are focused on detection here, yeah. you enter in what you hid, the common things. Yep. What you hid, what kind it was, what yep. amount it was, how it was packaged, where it was yeah. hidden maybe even some height or depth or whatever yep. information you want to you want to be specific on, mm-hmm. you enter it into that exercise and all the people you've put into your training group, mm-hmm. it goes into all their records at once. Yep. So when you as the handler come in, all you mm-hmm. have to do is run your dog and then type what your dog did. Yeah. It keeps all those records completely yeah. consistent. Yeah. It's not somebody writing down, which we used to have yeah. all the time, which is, uh, did he say 5 or 15? <laughs> exactly. You know, or was it 5 and, oh, I don't remember. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) So, Um, it just would make them all inconsistent potentially mm. and then it look bad if you ever yeah. got subpoenaed because they're not just going to subpoena your Yours, records because yep. you did the case. Yep. They may subpoena mm-hmm. the entire group's records to yep. see if everybody's doing yeah. the same thing the way they're supposed to. Exactly. And uh, To be able to, to do that that easy think about it. If all you have to type is what your dog did you will mm-hmm. spend a little more time mm-hmm. getting the information right yeah. which we started this conversation yeah. about is yeah. putting the proper information down mm-hmm. and having the time to do it and Mm -hmm. and taking the time Mm -hmm. to do it if we can make it that easy yeah then it's probably going to be better records oh absolutely which is going to be beneficial for all of us yeah keep you out of court keep you out of
1: liability cases because
0: it's not just for detection no i'll
1: say there's a huge component for the dual purpose side you guys have a ton of good information for uh apprehension your ratio you know when you put your dog out how many contacts you have had contacts without uh, a bite with a bite um, which are all very important and, and speak about that too because it's you said the tracking, the building search, the deployment, all that is all there. that
0: yep, you, you can do all that on the patrol side, and it keeps great statistics about how you were deployed when you were deployed, uh, manpower allocations, your supervisor can look at it and decide, hmm, you know maybe I need to uh, put more people on at this time because i 'm getting a bunch of calls for service there we 're having to deploy the dog mm-hmm. a bunch there, and uh, you can also use like a, a comparison like, hey, uh, we track. Uh, during work, uh, we, uh, during training all the time, but yet our deployments for tracking are very low, Sure, but yet our building searches uh, in training are very uh, low, but yet we get a ton of building yeah, search are getting calls, alarm calls all the time. All the or, time. Yeah. Maybe we need to kind of flip-flop mm-hmm. our uh, training mechanism here and sure. we do a little more of what we're actually getting called to do, mm-hmm. or is there a nice balance between them so that you're actually training for everything? Because I don't know if I'm sure it was the same for you as it was for me. Whenever anybody uh, goes to training, they want to do what they're good at.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They don't want to do what they're not so good at. You know, so if given the option, hey, do you want to do some running hits or do Uh, you want to do versus a call-off or a recall or something like that, they, eh, I'm not so interested in doing those. I'd just rather let the dog go and eat, you know, and send him out there. So, you know, Focus in on those yep. things, and it keeps track of all of that
1: No, and, and as you go through. So. And again, and I can't stress how easy it is to use, and that's the biggest thing. Easy to use, easy to share the information. Um, in this day and age, you have to be able to do that. Uh, if it's cumbersome or problematic, it ends up, you know, um, you know, they go to other methods that aren't nearly as statistically accurate. You know, exactly. as something like like what you guys have. Yep. So, it, so how do they find PackTrack? What's an easy way to, to it's it? It's on the
0: web. Uh, www.packtrackapp.com. That's PackTrackApp.com. Uh, you get a thirty day free trial. Don't need to put any credit card information in or anything. Just click on the uh, get started link mm-hmm. and uh, enter your information, email address, and name and things like that. Uh, it's a hundred dollars a year per handler but all non handler supervisors, and trainers are free. All okay. updates are free. Uh, the app is actually free, but you have to have an account to make the sure. app work. Yep. But uh, you can download the app to any uh, Android or iOS phone. Mm-hmm. It works on any Mac or, or regular PC of mm-hmm. any kind. Um, uh, it works flawlessly, yeah. if I can say so, yeah. if I can say that. And um, it's very, very easy to get to it. If you ever have any trouble with it or if you have any questions, you're reaching out to me. Yeah. You're not calling someplace else <laughs> yeah. or somebody else. You yep. know? Uh, Jeff Barrett and I created it. We put our career uh-huh. of knowledge, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, nearly thirty years for, for the both of us. Yeah. Actually he's over thirty years. Yeah, I say yeah. designing this the system. The two of you have
1: reached almost sixty years combined. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. So put it into this system to try and um, not have other people have to do the flaws that we mm-hmm. did, the problems that sure. we did, and bring people up to a quickly to a good level of record mm-hmm.
1: keeping to make this, uh, yeah. to make it go. So I hope everybody at least gives it a try. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, it's uh, like you said, you just hop online, go look at everybody. I'll even put an ad for it in this uh, podcast. We'll put it in the show notes as well so it's easy to find. Thank you so much for spending the time with me to to do this uh, podcast. Thanks for coming to Hits. We love having oh, you here. Oh man, and and I lo- for I love tweaking and adding to the the course i give and next year we like we talked about i'll have two new ones out here that'll so, be exciting yeah. we're gonna be in phoenix yes in phoenix next year Everybody so out west get ready yeah gonna it's gonna phoenix. be a great time it's a dry heat yep <laughs> i know it now living in vegas what it's like so <laughs> it, it, it and i'll say that it's 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 i me personally like it even better than the humidity so i i'll so if southwest people if you haven't been if you have been to Phoenix area, please come out there to HITS. You guys will have a fantastic gonna time. It. We're going to
0: be at the Westin Kierland Resort. Look it up online. It's got a lazy river, a couple of golf oh, wow. courses. You've Whoa. got a huge conference center, beautiful resort. Nice. Uh, yeah, you'll really enjoy it, and you'll learn a lot because HITS packs a lot of educational value in oh, yeah. the few days that you're there, and oh, we'll yeah. have a huge vendor hall. We'll have at least 85 or 90 vendors.
1: Wow. Yeah, I can say from this one here in, in Chicago, it is enormous. I think there's four vehicles out there. There's, I mean, anything, everything you can think of in this industry, dog related, is somehow represented in that vendor area. So I already know that'll continue for, for Phoenix as well. So again, thank you so much for your time and, and spending time with you. Thank you. I really podcast. appreciate it. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Until the next one. Thank you for listening to K9's Talking Sense Podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed that episode with Andy. Andy, again, is a wealth of knowledge, and I hope you guys were able to take something away from that interview with him. Episode 17 is another episode I did at the HITS conference in Chicago. This time it was with Dr. Lauren DeGrieff. Lauren De Grief is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to chemistry, odor, how odor works. And in that interview, we go over all kinds of things from odor containment, contamination, odor movement. You name it, we go into it. So look forward to that episode. In December is my canine health and welfare month for Canines Talking Sense. There's going to be episodes in regards to first aid with detection dogs. There's also going to be a fun episode where I discuss canine well being with Kim Artley. Uh, Kim has uh, gone through a variety of different uh, holistic approaches, canine nutrition, and supplements. So look forward to December being our Canine Health and Welfare Month. Again, as usual, if you guys want to reach out to me, you want to give me ideas for a show, you want to give me uh, potential guests to interview, I welcome all your guys' feedback. That email address is Ford, F-O-R-D, at silverstatek And until the next episode, I will talk to you guys then. Take care.